0: Hey, Chris. Hey, Jim. Can you hear me? I can hear you great. Excellent. Well, after much ado, we finally got in. I so I'll do a, I'll do a quick intro. This is Jim English. And welcome to the Who Gives a Shit Files. And I appreciate you listening. And I have a special guest here, one that's near and dear to my heart, because he introduced me to bourbon. And I have a very nice relationship with bourbon. And it's all due to Mr. Chris Burt. So Chris, thank you for joining the podcast.
1: Oh, I I love it. I've been listening to all your shows and I've really enjoyed it. I really have learned a lot. And my favorite guest so far is your sister, just so you know that. She still holds a record as far as I'm concerned, but uh, it's been
0: great. I will will never tell her that (laughs) because I will never hear the end of it. Uh, and, and I'm, and I'm, you know, I'm just so excited to have you on now. So you started working in the liquor industry. How long ago? So I, you know, I think about that. It's been over
1: 40 years, uh, wow. till, I mean, up till June 1st, which is the day I retired. I, I, I spent the last 36 years with Brown Foreman which Brown Foreman is a uh, family-owned, publicly traded, family-controlled company out of Louisville, Kentucky. It's in the sixth generation, sixth, seventh generation. It was founded in 1870, and they are, um, they're a whiskey company. Uh, They, 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 they founded the, the, the um, uh, bourbon, you know, they got the the first registered, uh, uh, you know, bourbon and Old Foresters. So, um spent 36 years there and then prior to that I put myself through college running a liquor store i wasn't able to to purchase a bottle of bourbon um <laughs> to drink but i was able to buy well over seven figures of um you know different alcohol that we sold at this liquor store i, I put myself through college so you yeah, have those five years with the 36
0: you know well over well over 40. and so wait a second so so uh brown and foreman who is known for jack daniels right that's their their biggest product or their most well-known product?
1: Yeah, it is. um, That's the, that's the, that's the horse in the barn, but um, it, the the company was founded on Old Forester, which is, um, you know, Kentucky straight bourbon. It's a small craft, um, you know, distillery. Um, They um, uh, they've got um, a couple of uh, multiple distilleries in the Louisville area. They own um, um, and founded Woodford reserve. Uh, distillery. And um, in addition to that, they own distilleries throughout the world. There's uh, three Scotch distilleries that Brown Foreman owns. They own an Irish distillery, Slane, uh, Irish distillers in, in, in the village of Slane, about an hour and a half outside Dublin. Um, they own Ben Riach, Glen Geronick, and Glasau in Scotland. They own distilleries in, uh, uh, in Mexico, uh, Casa Herradura, the horseshoe. Uh, the first... Um, uh reposado tequila ever made was from from casa Herradura, um uh, along with jack daniels uh old Forester or wood reserve um they also have a couple of wineries um sonoma cuchara and but and corbelt but the primary the big horse in the barn for sure is jack daniels
0: i like it that's a kentucky expression right yeah <laughs> uh, the horse in the barn i love it so is did you say old forester was the first bourbon made in kentucky um, so Old Forest is the only bourbon that
1: was uh, sold before, during, and after Prohibition. And um, founded in 1870, um, and, and, um, the Brown family um, um, started making and selling Old Forester in Louisville, Kentucky. And during Prohibition, they uh, registered for a license to sell Old Forester for municipal purposes <laughs> uh, to help to help to help people when they weren't feeling so good during Prohibition, um, and then obviously after they just built a beautiful new distillery downtown in downtown Louisville on Whiskey Row, which is the site of the original Old Forester distillery. Um, uh, they um, they they've been making Old Forester outside of Louisville with early times and other and other um, uh, whiskey that uh, they had they have there, but, um, yeah, old Forster is the founding brand. That's, that's the, that's, that's the one that, um, everyone, um, uh, you know, cherishes the most because that put Brown Fulman on the map back back
0: in 1870. And so was it hard and, you know, I, I'm just going off in directions here, Chris, so you'll have to excuse me. So I assume that the sickness rate in Kentucky got a lot higher during prohibition. <laughs> so people would have access to, uh, yeah. to old forester.
1: Yeah, yeah, there's a lot there's a lot of sickness going on with all the bootlegging going on in different parts of the country but um yeah, I know uh, for, for sure it's it's part of the the lore of, of old force and the story within it but um now it is kind of cool because you know when I started with Brown Foreman in 1985
0: that was you know Chris Darn it Chris I can't hear you There we go. Now I can oh, hear you.
1: Oh, sorry about that, but um, no, Old Forester is 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 the one that's special. And what's special about it now is that Old Forester, as you know, makes so many great exp- different expressions. As you know, one way to look at it is different varietals. Um, you know, when you when you think of whiskey now, you know, think of um, of, of different wine varietals that um, exist: Cabernet and Chardonnay and Merlots or Pinot Noirs and whatnot. It's the same it's kind of the same thing in whiskeys and within within you know the different um, wine varietals you you make all kinds of different you know wines by by doing different things with them and and old forester right now has got so many uh, great um, bourbons that are coming out of the distillery that are just really exciting Um, and and you know essentially what you know uh, you know in order to be a bourbon it has to follow um, certain um, requirements, which is um, the wood, you know, um, it needs to be aged in new oak, American oak barrels, or, or it needs to be aged in, in, in new whiskey barrels. It can't be used. Scotch and Irish whiskey can be aged in used barrels, but oh. not, 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 a, not a, um, Tennessee or um, bourbons um, uh, have to be made, uh, made in new barrels in order to be called a bourbon. And it has to have uh, be fifty one percent of the grain needs. To, it has to be corn, and then where it gets fun is that the distillers play with the other grains: the um, the malt, the wheat, the rye. Um, you, you know, the water is 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 so important in, in all um, you know all distilled spirits because it needs to be iron free. If you don't have iron free water, you got a problem because the you know your whiskey is going to be black. Um, you need to get those. Um, that iron out and um, so your water needs to be consistent your 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 barrels barrels need to be new your grain and then and the masters distillers from there they're 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 fermenting it uh, and they're distilling it and and where you get the flavors is through all those those components um but the biggest one is the is the barrels the wood um and and having you know uh, good barrels which brown foreman owns their own cooperage they own two cooperages one in that's down in alabama and one is in louisville kentucky but uh, making your own barrels is a big deal because the flavor from the whiskey comes mostly from the barrels. It's, it's the whiskey that is aged in those barrels is seeping in and out of that wood over uh, you know, a prolonged period of time. And that uh, is, in many cases, many, many years.
0: So let me see if I understand this correctly. So So you have to have new barrels and you have to have 51% corn in order for it to be a bourbon. Yep. It has
1: to be distilled at a, at a, at a minimum um, alcohol volume, um, not exceeding 160 proof. It, um, it, has, to, it has to be stored um, uh, at no more. Uh, the proof can't be stored when it's aging in the barrel over a certain amount, a certain proof. Um, and it, um, it needs to be a bottle, a minimum of, uh, of 80 proof. So one way to always remember, when you look at proof, just cut it in half for alcohol by volume. So if you're drinking a whiskey, that's 90 proof. That's 45% alcohol or 80 proof. It's 40% alcohol. But in order to be a, a, a bourbon, it needs to be a minimum of 80 proof. Um, uh, 51% corn to go along with, you know, the 49%, of uh, you know, the, the other grains.
0: Um, you yeah. Know, let's talk malt. about the, yeah, let's talk about the other grains in a second. I, I want to understand what the criteria is for bourbon so if i if so geography does not matter you don't have to be made in kentucky to be bourbon huh nope nope i see and what percent of bourbon is made in kentucky probably 97 percent. i'm willing to bet
1: um somewhere in the 90s for sure
0: now jack daniels is not a bourbon is that correct
1: no jack daniels is not a bourbon and when you it, you know, for those who have had the chance to go tour the Jack Daniel's Distillery in Lynchburg, Tennessee, it's 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 pretty unique because Jack Daniel's makes 10, 11, 12 million cases of uh, of whiskey out of this this small little town, this small little hauler um, in Lynchburg, and it um, uh, you can't drink it there, you can't buy it there. So you go into the store, you can't buy liquor. It's a dry county. Um, so you're kidding. No, no. Jack Daniels is a dry county. Um, they they make twelve million cases, but you can't you can't legally buy a drop of it um, in um, in Lynchburg County and Moore County in Lynchburg, um, uh, Tennessee.
0: That must be. I mean, what percent of the population in Lynchburg is associated with Jack Daniels and Brown Foreman?
1: Yeah, you know they did a study um, once. But if you go in, there's a small town square. It's a really really cool town square, and you drive around it. Um, it's it's mostly um, tied to Jack Daniels economically it the distillery is is a big big piece of that of that town but there's there's a lot of other things too that um, you know uh, are, are there shops and, and what have you but um, it is a big a big big piece of it for sure
0: now do the distiller before we leave Jack Daniels because you know that bourbon is my is one of my one of my loves and but before we leave Jack Daniels do the distillers tinker with the recipe at all like they do with bourbon to change jack daniel's or do they do it in different kegs i mean is jack daniel's it's commercially done but do they do they tweak it at all and smell it sell it in smaller batches and if so what do they do so to to
1: drive for the consistency of 10 plus million cases that jack daniel's old number 7 black label is it it's the same with what the the master distiller um, does uh, with that, and and, and Jack Daniels has only in his lifetime had uh, eight master distillers, and the current master distiller, um, Chris Fletcher, is he is um, and his his great grandfather was or his grandfather was a master distiller, so it, from his family two of the nine uh, came from um, the Fletcher family, but they it, Jack Daniels has made this the same. They want to make sure whether you're in Sydney, Australia, in in you know. Anywhere else in the world that you're going to you're going to get Jack Daniels and it's going to be the way from the, the recipe and the way that that Jack Daniels originally made it. Um, yeah. And it's, um, um, you know, the, the process, uh, it, it goes through uh, one step. That's that, a couple of steps that are different. The corn grain or I'm sorry, the grain is a little different. It is 51 um, percent corn. But the grain makeup is different than, say, Old Forest or Woodford Reserve, so that's one one noticeable difference. But, but Jack Daniel's every drop that comes out of that distillery is charcoal mellowed, so it goes through a filtration process, and that's the difference between Tennessee whiskey, and 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 bourbon, um, or Kentucky uh, straight whiskey, uh, um, as it notes. But what's really cool is going on with Jack Daniel's now is there is a lot of really neat craft. Um, allocated items that are starting to come out aged whiskeys um that um uh, are consistent with 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 bourbons that are out there now that are aged 10 12 you know uh whatnot years so jack daniel's is, is is coming out along with they have a single barrel jack daniel's single barrel which is from one barrel jack daniel's black label is 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 a mixture of a bunch of barrels that have come together. That's cut uh, at, at 80 proof. Single barrel comes out of that barrel, one barrel. So you're getting different, unique um, tastes and flavors from that one barrel. Higher proof, the proof uh, is different depending upon the proof that's coming out of that single barrel. But they also have Gentleman Jack and, and a few others. But um, yeah, for sure, there, there's there's other things out there. But, but uh, the Jack Daniels Black Label is consistent anywhere you're going to get it
0: globally. So... Okay, let's move to my real. I like Jack Daniels, but I love bourbon. <laughs> I want to differentiate. <laughs> so you say that so fifty one percent of fifty one percent of bourbon has to be corn, right? Yep. And it's got to be iron free water. Now, when you get the water, do they filter it, or do they have a source where it's iron free? I mean, how does the iron free? How does that happen?
1: So that's, that's a great question, Jim. The best distilleries in the world have, uh, are, are located with a water source that is, is natural. It's for, I mean, Jack Daniels has a cave, a cave spring iron-free water source. And, um, and, and in Kentucky and Tennessee, and in that part of the country, you will find water sources that are iron-free um, because of the, 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 the makeup of, of that geography and whatnot. But um, it has to be uh, generally speaking so but you could go get it make a distillery you know, or you know in, in some other part of the world and then you would just have to filter it out and, and get iron free water but the, the, but the best distilleries have, have got that water source that is already iron free.
0: And so it comes from a cave did you say?
1: Yeah it's cave, it's a cave spring it's a, it's a natural spring that is that is that's, that's why Jack Daniels, um, when he originally founded the, the distillery um or he he ended up, um was involved in early on he 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 bought it from um uh, it 's a long historical story, but he bought it from a, you know um a a, a, a a different um guy but he's jack daniels is primarily the guy that started but he founded it with the call family and it was uh a spring an iron free spring and that 's why they they built the distillery where they did
0: Have you seen the spring
1: yeah on the tour, it's, it's, it's one of the, uh, for anyone that gets to Nashville, it's about an hour and a half outside Nashville. It's, it's for sure one of the things you want to go do. It's, it's a really beautiful part of the country with just wonderful people. And, and the, it's, it's, the tour and the distillery is so real. The spring. I mean, everything. You're you, Part of the tour. You're it stops and then you're, you're looking at the cave spring water and, and then they'll talk about it and, and and the rest of the history of of, of, of the brand. But um, yeah. I mean, how
0: big is it? I mean, how big is the? Is it just like a little? I mean, I have this thing in vision where it's just a spring, that it, it, that's real deep and has deep water. Is there a lot of surface area, for example? Um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, uh, when you think of a spring, when you look at it, it's, you know,
1: it's, it's, you know, I, you know, it's just, you know, right by the distillery on the tour, it's probably 10, 15 feet, you know, at least wide of water flowing. Um, and then it goes deep down into, um, the caves and it comes up, um, they actually have a, they, they, at one point they had a tour of the caves that you could go down and follow this water source. It's pretty, pretty fascinating, but, um, because of, um probably as much as anything you know going too far in any cave with you know the settling ground but um yeah it's
0: it's it's pretty cool so have you ever have you ever taste the water that just the straight water like have you I ever have. Got... no i have
1: not but, okay. I, but yeah that's a great question that'd be be interesting to taste what you know iron free water um you know is, is there a big taste difference
0: Yeah. I'd be curious. So, okay. So you got the iron free water and then you have the 51% corn. Okay. And so are, are most bourbons consistent about the corn they use or can you differentiate quality in a bourbon based on the, the type of corn you have, or is it real consistent? It's not consistent. And that's what's
1: what makes it unique and fun. Because they're all all the master distillers are going to be a little bit different, and the the, the grain bill, which is the first you know you know you know start of any, any any you know any distillation process, is that master distiller is picking a grain bill, and um, you have to have malted barley, but it all comes down to how much wheat or how much rye you want to have in it, or how much corn. Woodford Reserve, as an example. Um, it, 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 it's heavy, heavier on corn. It's probably 70% corn. Really? Um, and, but, but it's also, you know, he, you know, heavier on rye than others. Um, so, you know, being that that's one of the key sources of flavors coming from the grain build and then the fermentation process. But when you get to the distillation process, that's where it gets really unique because, you know, are you using like Woodford uses copper pot stills and how many times are you distilling it to really, you know, create the, uh, the, um, the purities that you're looking for woodford's distilled three times so it's just it just depends on that master distiller and the sources that they have and the taste that
0: they're trying to create so so there there's different there's different types of corn they use based on the preference of the master distiller right yep yep or the
1: recipe so like when woodford was started they they said woodford reserve distiller select this is our recipe and so any master distiller it comes along, okay. So for Woodford Reserve, so so you will have that consistency that the consumers have come to appreciate and and enjoy. But what's what's unique is the master distiller when it comes to to, to barrel proof or batch proof, or um, they ha, you know you have a Woodford Reserve um, rye, which is fifty one percent rye. So you're getting a lot of hotter, spicier. You have a Woodford Reserve wheat. You have a Woodford Reserve malt. Um, so all these expressions, if it's called that, has to have a majority of that grain, fifty percent or more in order to call it that. so and then you, then you're getting the the um the flavor profiles, which are so unique and so different from each of them.
0: And do these so the masters distillers at a place like Brown Foreman, who once again is got Jack Daniels and Woodford Reserve are their main commercial brands, are, is there competition among these guys, you know, to who who gets the most resources? Who gets the most grain? Their pecking orders. I mean, how does the how does the interaction between these master distillers work? It's it's a, it's a great
1: question. Um, in Kentucky, they have now what's called a bourbon trail, like in Napa, they have the the Napa wine trail, where you yes. stop at different uh, wineries, um, and in Kentucky, you you, you do it you, in um for reserves on it and many of the competing um, uh, other distilleries um, and while they're competitive they're also um, you, you know it's an industry which's pretty small when you think about it um, they work you know I mean yeah we're competitive and yeah we want, we want to win but uh, but they're also um, you know collaborative they with each other yeah, yeah for sure there's a lot of really good uh-huh. collaboration that that, that occurs um, um, I'd have to believe but I'd also say is master distillers they're um, they're amazing. They're like rock stars. I mean, what Reserve, think. they they are, and, and they the, most of them come up um, as chemists, um, and they and then they 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 um, they grow up in a distillery, and once you get to that spot, that's like you know, um, yeah, that's a big deal. So, you know, we I mean, we're, we're lucky. I mean, Chris Morris is, 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 is oversees. Um, Woodford Reserve. He's the master distiller of Woodford Reserve and Old Forester, so he is the gatekeeper of, of, of what goes on there. Um, but he does—he, uh, you know, a lot of his good friends are other master distillers. And um, um, but at the end of the day, they're not—they're not trading secrets or doing anything. But they're learning. And um, and you—you you know, what's so cool because whiskey, bourbon, in particular, over the last ten years has just gone to a whole nother level because of innovation that has occurred within it. And a lot of that innovation has come from the, the from these smart creative master distillers.
0: How many masters distillers does Brown Foreman have?
1: Another uh, good question. Each property has one so that, you know, there's, there's, um, you know, three in Scotland, Ireland has got, you know, one and. um, down in Mexico, you know, we have, a, a you know, for, for all the tequila brands down there, Casa Herder, um has has one. So Old Forrester, Jack, I, you know, I'd probably, and then with it, you've got assistant master distillers, the team that they have below them um, that they're grooming for, um, you know, that, that are coming up uh, behind them. There's, 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 there's a bunch there too, but I, you know, I would say there's probably eight.
0: So th- this is like being a four-star general. Yeah
1: yeah i tell you when um when jack daniels jack daniels masters distillers and their their um associate master distillers they'll go out on the road and we'll bring into customers and trade events and um you would they would be rock stars and people i mean they're signing bottles and autographs are they they really yeah it it really (laughs) it's you know they're doing tastings and trainings and um, they're going to big buyer calls but they are i mean it's 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 you know particularly for the bourbon geeks and you know I, i you know I put you and I in that category. Absolutely. Proud um, of it to, too. Yeah, me too. And to be able to sit and talk to, you know, how, you know, what they're doing and how they're doing and why they're doing it. It's just, it's just amazing. And it's, it just, it,
0: um, it's fun. So do they have like a, you know, they have Comic-Con, do they have Burbicon? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, cause they, I want to go to that. <laughs> I, I tell you what, they have, um,
1: Whiskey Fest is, um. Uh, and they have whiskey fest. I don't know with, with the pandemic. I know it was, it was, it was uh, put off, but it's coming back. Like in San Francisco, I want to say the first weekend in, in December is whiskey fest in San Francisco. There's probably four that are going on nationally. And you, you walk into this, um, this festival and it, and you've got all the, you know, all, all the names, all the, and you got all the distilleries that are represented there and a chance to go to taste the different brands and meet the different people. But I would say that's probably the closest thing. And the tickets are, they're hard to get and they're expensive. And you walk in there and it's got a little Comic-Con feel for sure.
0: Does it really? Comic-Con, so, yeah. So, you know, there's lots of like, um, you know, there's lots of competition. There's makers, Mark, and there's Jim beam. And, and, um, and there's lots of like little craft bourbons are you guys is and I keep saying you guys even though you're retired congratulations on your June 1st retirement by the way thank you uh so is are like are like um the brown foreman master distillers are people trying to hire them away all the time the craft brew the craft uh, bourbons, the small boutique bourbons or the bigger ones um, or are you guys hiring them from your competition or are most of them homegrown and stay with Brown Foreman?
1: Most come up through the ranks and, they do. and, 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 and most are um, uh, you know I would say that the tenure uh, with I think, like Chris Morris uh, he has been with Brown Foreman I want to say 30 years Right. Um, and um, Chris Fletcher, Interesting enough, he he left and then came back. So it, it but when he left, he, he wasn't a master distiller. He was in grew. He was, you know, in waiting. But um, I, I would say that um, the smart companies take care of the master distillers and keep it around. And I, you know, I do know the tenure at Brown Foreman is pretty is pretty good. It's pretty good. So um, I would say for the most part, they stay. But, you know, there's a lot of, I mean, like um, Jim Beam sold to Suntory. Suntory is a, is a Japanese whiskey uh, company. Um, so there could have been some change or turnover then. But um, smartly, um, it's like Bill's um, Maker's Mark. Oh, my goodness. I'm just going to say Bill Samuels, but I'm thinking of the beer. But their master distiller, when, when Maker's Mark um, sold, uh, the company that came in, uh, Santori came in and, and they kept, well, yeah, I know it's I was thinking. I was thinking of bullet, bullet whiskey. When, when Diageo bought bullet, bullet whiskey from Seagram's and a bunch of other brands 20 years ago, 15 years ago um, they kept um, their masters distillers in place and they figured out how to make sure they're working because it's so important because the connection, not only to making these great products, but uh, the connections to the consumers that, no, you have an authentic- yeah you know, the authenticity that you're getting from it because of that master distiller being there so long is so so important so yeah i mean it's a, it, it is important to have that 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 um uh, longevity for sure
0: so you've got the you got the master distiller of Woodford, and by the way, I love Woodford, and the way i'll share it with the audience the way I started uh enjoying Woodford is every time you came over for dinner or I came over for dinner by your house. You would give me a bottle of of Woodford reserve, and it kept building up. And so I figured, well, hey, I better get a I better acquire a taste of that. And it didn't take me long to acquire a taste. But there's one master distiller, right for for um, uh, Woodford, right? There's
1: there, uh, Woodford has got a uh, master distiller and Chris Morris, and assistant uh, master dis,
0: uh, distiller. Now, I know, They take and they change Woodford Reserve around and they make like, uh, you know, for lack of a better term, a boutique type bourbon or an unusual bourbon. They'll they'll tweak the process. They'll change it around because I know like four grain. Oh, baby. Is that good? So what do they do with that? when they change the, what are the different variables that they change in Woodford Reserve to make kind of those boutique bourbons that you've brought by?
1: Well, that's, that's the cool thing. And then it's going on now in a big way where these master distillers, um, they, they are with each expression, just like, uh, the wine, you know, the winemakers and the different varietals that are coming out, they're doing different things. They, they I mean, to your point with four grain, um, they uh, you know Chris Morris in this case uh, he played around with the grain to create this unbelievable uh, yeah, you know f- the flavor profile. The proof was higher. He played with barrels which is really interesting um, uh, the wood being such a big piece of the uh, of, of the flavor a big flavor component you can play with wood um, so you can you can age it four years as an example uh, in, in an American, um, new American oak. And then you can bring some, uh, used, um, uh, you know, you know burgundy barrels, or, uh, you can bring barrels from Spain. You know, it's interesting Woodford reserves, they're, they're high end. They've got a, um, um, it's the Baccarat series. It's, it's a pretty amazing uh, product, but it's, it's aged in, um, uh, it's aged, uh, you know, probably eight years in, um, you know, the, the, the regular uh, new, new American oak barrels. But then they'll age it in, you know, um, for, for four years, whatever the numbers are. In this case, in four times used cognac barrels. So you're getting this really? finish within the wood with these cognac barrels. Uh, I mean, Woodford Reserve had a product out with their batch series that you're talking about where they aged... Um, it, it with um, Sonoma Kachere Pinot Noir barrels, uh, and it's really interesting because Sonoma being the winery that Brown Foreman owns, they they did the same thing where they had a Pinot, where they finished it for six months in Woodford Reserve whiskey barrels. And it really? Just comes out with, yeah, all these different, uh, unbelievable,
0: um,
1: uh, you know, flavor profiles. But but yeah, it's that's that's what makes their job so exciting, particularly now with the consumer demand with all these different, um, you know, expressions and different opportunities that they have.
0: So is, so, you know, is that still a bourbon Then I know you said you have to have it in new kegs? Do you have it to have, like, say, for example, you have to have it in a new American oak keg? It's oak, right? The kegs? Yep, 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 yep. And do you have to have it for four years and then you can, then you can start using, other kegs cognac chardonnay all those different kegs and it would it still be bourbon at that point so uh yeah
1: as long as you follow the uh, minimum requirements on grain and proof um and and a minimum requirements that it has to be um, um uh, uh, aged stored um in a new um uh, charred new oak barrels and so, um, if you do that, the minimum requirements, which is two years, from there, that, you know, then have at it. You know, brands like you know Woodford, as an example, an old forester, they're aging a lot longer than the minimum requirements. They're they're you know that the 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 grain and the woods and and the things that they're using, and that that's what's making it um, so unique in its own right. But um, yeah, you have to follow just the minimum. But the, the but the fun stuff occurs, you know, when when they're laying it. It's like one of I know one of your favorites is birthday bourbon. It comes out once you a bet. year. You um, bet. It's it's aged uh, ten. Tw- it depends on how many what you know uh, years, but twelve years. Um, and it's it you know each year, it, you d- you just don't know how much you're gonna get because of the yield. What is it's really interesting. And this is a shout out to a friend of your wife and mine, Diane. She asked a question about angel share and angel share is when you when you go through the process and and you put the whiskey into the barrel and you put that barrel into the the barrel house and it sits there for years and years and years and years there's a component that evaporates um yeah you know alcohol will evaporate and and water you know evaporate so it evaporates out and so they call whatever leaves that barrel the angel share when i was touring our one of our distilleries, ben in scotland um, they, I asked the the, uh, uh, the distiller, I said, how, what's the, what's the most expensive barrel? No, I said, what's the oldest barrel of scotch in that warehouse? And he, he looked around and he found this barrel and he says, it's right there. That, that, that barrel's 35 years old. And I said, whoa. And he said, you want to know an interesting fact? He said, that barrel has been sitting there for 35 years. He says, but when we open it up, it's probably going to be half full. And really? I go, And I looked at him, I said, them angels have been drinking good around here (laughs) because it's just evaporated into, that's what they call the angels
0: share. That is amazing. So, so the, the master distillers, and I love this concept of a master distiller and you and I have never discussed this before, but we've never gone into this much depth. Usually when we're talking bourbon, we drink the bourbon and we talk about something else, but this is really interesting, <laughs> That's okay. Chris. Yeah, this is great. So how much like, so when a master distiller, he gets a concept in his head, okay? A combination, you need the minimum to be a bourbon, and then you have the variables. You have the the um, the barrels are a, bar- uh, are a variable after a minimum of two years and the grains, and, like, when he's doing this, or she is doing this, do they have, like, a concept of what it's going to taste like and how good it's going to be, or do they just, or are they, like, mad scientists experimenting and hoping that it comes out well? Like, how much of this is calculated, and how much of it is just wild-ass experimentation? I love the way that you put that. Um,
1: It's, I think, in some ways, the best jobs are master tasters. Old Forester has a master taster. Her name is Jackie Zeck. Jackie is, she's amazing. Um, But that's her job. I mean, think about it. And it's like you know wine tasters, they swirl it and they taste it. They there's a lot of spit out. If you sit there and, and taste it all day long, that's probably not going to be too good. But um, um, so the master tasters are, you know, that's part of the, the master distiller's team that um, you know works on making sure that what's put down or whatever that they're playing with and, and toying with is going to come out and get ready to be put in the bottle and, and ultimately be sold to the consumer. But um, yeah, for sure, that there, there's they're 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 going they're going to go through. They're going to make sure that it's right. Um, and then, and every barrel that comes out of any of these distilleries, there's they are they're checking that and they're tasting it. Um, there's a barrel steep that goes in, and, and there's a way that they do is pretty amazing um, to make sure they look at the color, they smell it, they're looking at, it they're going, okay, ready, go. And so, it's a pretty interesting process, but it's for sure maybe one of the best jobs that's out there, a a, a distillery master taster.
0: So, so, okay, so. Okay, I've got a lot of stuff running through my mind. So you got a situation where you have the master taster, right? Now they've got to wait. Okay, so you're you're building this bourbon and you gotta let it age. Now, so do the do the tasters taste it at what point in the process? That's a good question. I you know, I, I don't know,
1: I'm sure it's throughout it. The master distillers, what they're doing is they're making sure throughout the process that that whiskey is in the right, you know, it, it, it's being aged correctly. And it's really interesting, is the um, when you put the whiskey into the barrels, into the barrel house, and you age it, um, the it, it, you don't know when, in a lot of cases, when it's going to be ready because of where it sits within the barrel house, because the the the, the whiskey. Um, gains its flavor by it getting really hot and it getting really cold, and the whiskey is being poured into the wood and being pulled, pulled out during the hot and the cold seasons, and that's where it gets the flavors, and that flavor is, is what ultimately is they're going to decide when it's ready to pull, and, and what's interesting, when you look at scotches, that we sell scotches, or Brown you know, foreman sell scotches, um, scotches take longer. To, so when you look at a Scotch, oh, eh, twenty-five years old, the twenty years, the fifteen, well, it uh, a lot of the reason why it takes uh, that it says that long is because it takes longer. And why does it take longer? Because of the climate. Uh, you know, in Scotland, one thing you know, it's a consistent climate. It doesn't get super hot. It doesn't get super cold. Go back to Tennessee right now, <laughs> it's hot. You know, go to Tennessee in six months, it's cold. So you're gonna go go Kentucky, Tennessee right next to you. So you're getting that those those those, those swings. The other thing that's interesting is. The, when you use new barrels, the whiskey is going to get, it's going to come become more flavorful quicker, where Scott, Scotch and Irish whiskeys, they use predominantly used barrels. In fact, when Jack Daniels and, and, and bourbons are done, um, a lot of the barrels are sold to Scotch distillers so that they can age their Scotch in it. So, and that gives them that flavor profile, but it takes longer. Um, and then ultimately, uh, um, you know, you know, you know, we'll be able to put their age statement on it. But, yeah, it just depends. You'll see when you look at unless there's a bourbon age statement, which generally the age statement is when it gets up double digit. You just don't know. But I, but I know that a lot of bourbons, you know, the minimum has got to be two years. But, uh, you know, Woodford Reserve is four, five, six, seven. I mean, think about how long that same thing with check in. And it just it's just not going to get pulled
0: until it's ready. Yeah, but you know what's going on. So you got here's just one quick question. So you're you know, if I understand this correctly, that that the bourbon barrels based on the temperature of the warehouse they're stored in breathe so they get absorbed by the wood and then excreted by the, from the wood, right? Yep. hundred percent. Wow. So you got a situation. Okay. I'm a master distiller and I am, I did my, you know, I, I did my, my corn, my 51% corn. I did my four years in a, uh, in a barrel. And then I started, putting it in you know a cognac barrel and i put barley and and malt and hops or i started messing with the grains right Mm -hmm. and so you've got a unique blend and the master taster can they taste this before it's totally aged because that what i'm thinking is is you could produce 500 barrels of this and it and it'd be a flop. I mean, for
1: sure. I mean, one of the things that um, distilleries have have played with is um, non-aged whiskey. So, or or limiting the age of the whiskey. And the reason why you want to do it, it's like vodka. You make vodka today, you sell it tomorrow. You make vodka or gin today, you sell it tomorrow. With whiskeys, you make it today, and you know you're not selling it for years and years and years and so you're carrying this huge carrying cost so they played with um you know different um uh, unaged white whiskeys um it's called different things and whatnot but uh, but it it you quickly learn that um the true taste of bourbons is coming not only from the grain and the distillation process, but it's coming from that wood and that aging of it. And just that, that's that's what brings the flavor. And and if you look at Cabernet, the true ages of a Cabernet is coming from that wood. Got Um, it. And it's kind of the same, same thing. So, but yeah, they could, they could taste it and it's, it's pretty pronounced. If you're using the right woods, if you're getting the right barrels, um, there's no question that that, that's noticeable.
0: Yeah. So, so um, this is interesting. So, Tell me about – this is fascinating stuff. Tell me about who's on the master distiller's team. You got the master distiller. You got the assistant master distiller. You got the taster, which, uh, boy, that would, what a job that would be. And who else is on their teams?
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, the, the assistant master So Woodford Reserve has got an amazing assistant master distiller. And Elizabeth McCall. she – I mean – if you watch the Kentucky Derby, she was on it. She, uh, Chris Morris was on it because uh, Woodford is a sponsor of the Kentucky Derby. But they, um, but they're, but they're so good because of, of of them being so involved and being in a position to to understand not only the you know the, the great things that are going on with Woodford, Woodford Reserve Distiller Select, but the other things that they're what they're making as 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 well. But um, there's there's a litany, of tea. I mean, if you go into you got distillery. General managers, you—I mean—you've got um, there's a there's a team that just—I mean—you got barrel house managers, you've got—I mean, it's it, you know a finance team that supports it, and um, it's 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 a it's in a lot of cases they're pretty lean, but there's there's uh, there's a bunch. I mean, you got to have someone that's managing those stills. You got to have someone that's managing the from the the, the the you know the, where the um, the fermenting, which takes three days. You got to go through the fermentation process, which is the second step in, in, the, in the distilling process. So there's just so much that goes into it, but there's, 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 a, there's, there's a bunch, there's a, um, there's a good team. And, and again, I, when you get these jobs, there's, it's, and, you know, I've been through a lot of distilleries in, in my day and I'll tell you, you, you just meet these people and it's like, I can see why you do it, do what you've done for as long as you've had, because, you know, they just love what they do and, 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 and they're
0: good at it. I mean, it's, it would, I would think that this would be, such a gratifying job, assuming that, you know, your master distiller was reasonable and not a, you know, not a total tyrant, (laughs) Uh, but I could see that. I mean, you're creating something that is wondrous. (laughs) I mean, I hate to get dramatic. Actually, I love to get dramatic. You could taste the fruits of your labor. Yeah, no
1: question. Uh, Yeah. It's very rewarding. Very rewarding.
0: All right, so let's get to Chris Burt's personal preferences. Okay, <laughs> so the 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 commercial um, the commercial bourbon that you like the best is Woodford Reserve. Is that correct? Uh, or is it Old Forester? It would, probably would or be Old Forester.
1: Really? It, it, well, I mean, it could be. It would probably be Old Forester because Old Forester, nineteen eighty-five, that was the first brand that I. It's one. You know, I had Old Forester was. Was the um you know one of the five brands that I sold then? I didn't have Jack Daniels then. Woodford uh, I didn't have Woodford thin obviously, and um say, But it being the founding Brown of this company that that was that that treated you know myself, my family so well. Working for the Brown family, they are just amazing people, and um it's it would probably be Old Forester. What's cool about Old Forester is if you love rye, which I do, I love the old forest rye because it's, you know, it's 50 plus percent rye grain and it's, it's got a spice to it. I love the spice, um, you know, side of it. I love birthday bourbon. I mean, they've got some, some distiller select stuff that's coming out of that distillery that's just fun. But saying that, you know, my goodness, if, uh, if, if, yeah, you know, you know what's the old adage, you love all your children. Um, I love wood for two, <laughs> you know, um, you know, and I, I tell you, one of the sleepers that is probably my favorite. It is it's an Irish whiskey because on my Irish side. You know, my mom was Dwyer. Is Slain? Slain is um, you know triple triple distilled um, and triple cast. They use three different um, uh, you know barrels to age. Slain. They use new um, you know uh, oak barrels, and they age it for an X period of time. They use. Uh, sh- uh, um, uh spanish uh sherry uh, uh barrels and then they used uh bourbon barrels and so you get this this you know really smooth irish you know whiskey that's just amazing but i, I you know i i you know to be able to do what i've did for so long it's um it's just so lucky but yeah i would i for sure say old Forester, but but slain may
0: be up there too now what about so of the boutique bourbons Um, or the boutique whiskeys that are made in smaller doses what is your favorite and why and how did they make it for sure birthday bourbon um
1: you know it's aged 10 to 12 years it's it's the, the the barrels are in the primo primo spots of the warehouse that are getting hot and cold and they're they're looking for these barrels and then when they find them they say, okay, these are all, these are our birthday bourbon barrels. We're going to release it, you know, the second week or in, in September, um, which is the the the, the founding, Brown Forwards founding father George Garvin Brown's birthday. So that's 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 why it gets released then. And you can't get any of it. It's you get more. I get more calls. At least I used to. How do you get a hold of uh, birthday bourbon? But birthday bourbon is just magic. It's just so smooth and it's so flavorful. And um, yeah, they do a really good job. But I what's, I would, what's I, the proof, I, I, Chris? Uh, it, it depends. Um, every every year, it's different. Um, it's it generally um, high nineties to low hundreds, um, but it just it just depends on what what um, um, you, you know. Chris and team want to go do uh, with that year's uh, uh, birthday bourbon.
0: Is uh, that because I remember tasting that? How many like so? How long is that age for?
1: So I mean, it depends, early on. Right? It, yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's interesting. Um, it's, it's at least 10, it's up to 12. The demand has been been so high that they, they're releasing some of it a little earlier as ready. I mean, when you get up to 10, 11, 12, but, um, it's, it's a minimum of 10 and it, it gets, it gets uh, up to 12, but, um, generally because if you're aging it right and you're aging in the right woods, it's ready by then, yes you're gonna get all the flavor and and, and you know, that you're looking for out of a bourbon at that point, but um yeah, so, it just depends
0: so two thousand eleven they you know for the batch that's released in two thousand twenty one it was distilled and barreled in two thousand eleven is that correct yep, yep, okay, so what about so what do they do then how much of it do they produce like do they produce you know 20 cases of bourbon of 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 uh birthday bourbon you know 400 cases of bourbon does it depend on the yield does it depend what are the variables and how much do they produce
1: yeah, it depends on what those angels are looking for in their share. Um, th- this year, I think it's about 50 barrels that'll, uh-huh. that'll come out of the distillery that they're they're getting ready to bottle. It'll probably equate to um, I, I, it's a barrel you're going to get around a 50, 60, six pack, 750 cases. So um, do the math. You're probably going to end up, I don't know maybe 5,000 six pack cases for the entire United States. It's a dogfight. I mean, every year when those allocations come out, there's just, you can, you can hear the howling and the moaning because <laughs> everyone thinks they got cheated, but um, they probably did, but um, it just, it just depends. But uh, my goodness, if you, if, if, if and it's interesting, the secondary market, you just go look at the secondary market. You really want to know what's going on with bourbons and allocations and, and, um you know um what's going on with that it's just go look at the secondary market go look on ebay and go look at the different ways to go get go buy you know um some of these uh allocated items that people get their hands on it's 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 fascinating some of it is like birthday bourbon will come out and people will figure out how to get it and it'll you'll be able to get it for a hundred dollars 110 20 at retail somewhere around then per bottle but then when it's out and it's out within a week um, you or thereabouts. You look at the secondary market; it's five hundred, it's six hundred, it's seven hundred dollars. It's just wild what's what's going on out there with with some of the secondary markets with with bourbons.
0: So, so you were sales VP of the Western region, and I know your your territory varied. So, you were like an intermediary between many distributors and and chains and stores and things like that. And I would imagine that everybody knew when birthday bourbons are coming out and that you had to, were you in charge of like allocating to, um, a distributor, how many they got or how is, how is the deck divided out?
1: Yeah. Where are we? Our brand teams, um, our, our old Forrester brand team, they'll, they'll start, uh, you know, um, basically shuffling the deck right then and then hand it out and everyone's, you know, allocations. Um, so they'll start at the top and it trickle. Once it gets to the regions, you know, then you look at it and you can move it around from there. But as you move it around, you, you get customers to your point. They're they're going to call. The big customers are going to just scream. And the reality is you want to make sure you can get it to the end consumers as best you can. So you want the on-premise to have it so you can go in a bar and go,
0: go buy a drink and try it. But so wait a second. It just, wait. it just depends. So wait a second. Okay. Cause I want to understand how this cascades down the allocation. Okay. So you got the, the well, I'm sorry, what'd you call them? The budgeted people, the budget people, yeah, the brand teams, the brand, the brand teams. teams. So they gave, did they give to you a certain amount of, 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 uh, birthday bourbon? Yep. So they'll they'll look
1: at they'll look at. I mean, so the, a really good example is Oregon. Oregon is one of my states and Oregon is a control state, meaning that you know, if you want it to get by liquor, a, you want to buy bourbon, you got to go to a control state store. Right. Right. So in Oregon, let's say Oregon last year got 75 six pack cases, probably somewhere around there. And those 75 cases go into bailment, at, you know, into, into the um, Oregon Liquor Control Board. And then they, they disperse it out to the stores, which is really interesting. It goes okay. to the stores. And if you're an on-premise account, you're a bar, a, a whiskey bar, and there's some really good ones, they're, they got to go to, in this case, they got to go beg that liquor control, liquor store that, that got their one-case allocation to try to get a buy and, and then uh, it, they all just get mad you can't nobody's happy at the end of it um, I would ever those that get a get a hold of a bottle or two I guess but uh, so it's, you, just, it's just what it is
0: okay so okay but but so you're given your allocation right yeah so yeah okay and so you divide it up from there is that your responsibility or you get guidance from them? No, we get
1: guidance from them. We have teams that, that, that do it, but um, you take our biggest retail, I mean, you know, um, Costco, they've, they've got a, a, a really um, nice um, craft spirit section in Costco's and they are one of our biggest customers. They get so mad at us because they think they need to get all of it. Of course, of course the retailers do, and you try to give them, you know, uh, amount, and then you try to give it to the high index, You know, big whiskey stores that they have, where you know they've got that you know those 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 bourbon you know geeks that are coming in and and whatnot. So you just do your best, but no matter what, it it, you fail miserably (laughs) every year because it's just not enough, and they get
0: all mad at you. (laughs) And but it's it's you and the brand team that does the allocation in your region, right? Yep. Yep. Okay. So it's not like they're you know because I could see like everybody calling you going. You know, uh, you know, how come I didn't get this? This is, you know, everybody's crying to you, but it's it's not totally your responsibility to deal the cards out. No,
1: we and we by law we have to we sell to a distributor, so we sell to um, in this case Republic National, and Republic National sells it to the uh, you know the retailers, so they're the ones that they they get their fair share of uh, of it, and they and and a lot of what they sell, you know, thousands of SKUs you know, different items, um, many of that are allocated. So they deal with this uh, uh, daily. I mean, it's, it's, um, it is a, uh, it is a good challenge that they have, but yeah, it just depends.
0: So what is your favorite bourbon or whiskey of all time? Which one do you like the best? Is it the, is it the birthday bourbon or is it something else, something more obscure? You know, what's cool is it's, It's the stuff that's coming out now,
1: the different craft, the different expressions, the different woods, the different aging, the different grains. Um, it changes. Um, I, I really, I, I, you know, I, I love the, um, the Woodford reserve, um, you know, batch series that, that came out. I love the, the Sonoma Pinot finish. I just did to me, it just, it, it just rounded it out and it was flavorful it was smooth. It was still high proof. Um, you know, it's like you like you you mentioned the four grain, and um, there's just it just there's I just love those. And so what's cool is is um, like a good bottle of wine that's just unique to that vintage and that year. Once they pull it out, it's like that could be different. Um, now, if if I know I always want to get Woodford Reserve Distiller Select, and I'm, I know when I buy that bottle, it's going to be the same every time, and I love that too. But what's 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 neat is. Is your new favorites going to change a lot because you're able to go try these different expressions that are allocated and, and they may never they may not come back, and in many cases they won't come back in that in that, in that in that in
0: that same form. Whoa, this has been really interesting. So we're going on an hour here, and you and I are going to have a barbecue pretty soon, and probably drink a little bourbon and certainly a beer or some wine. What would you like to tell us about bourbon? You have an open forum to tell us anything about bourbon. Oh, wait a second. I got a question for you here before we do that. So, you have some, uh, uh, Brown Foreman has some really high end tequila, right? Isn't that the most expensive thing that the ex- most expensive bottle you retail is a tequila? Is that correct? It used to be. Um, there was, um, Herodera had a bottle
1: of La Suprema. Um, um that uh was aged it's uh, extra neo aged in barrels and it was it was um I, it is depends on where you go three four five hundred dollars a bottle uh, beautiful package beautiful bottle but that has been um, um um i mean taken over by woodford reserve has a baccarat um baccarat crystal bottle with the uh, whiskey that I described earlier, that's 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 aged in four used cognac barrels. It's just it's it's just close to cognac. I mean, it's just you taste it and go, oh my God, I'm drinking bourbon here. it's just it's it's it really is. but um that's the that's probably uh, $2,500 a bottle. I'm
0: guessing. Whoa. Uh, yeah. So, so you're going to bring that a couple try. of those bottles over tonight. I'm going to bring at interview? least four, at least four. <laughs> <laughs> and we could drink them all. So yeah. that's, that's, that's the most expensive. Now, have you tasted that?
1: I have not. I, you I know, 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 I've all. I particularly when I was leaving, I thought I got cheated on that one. Bunch of, bunch of, bunch of cheaps. No, um, no, that way it was just <laughs> coming out when I was, I was leaving. And, and honestly, I, that one, um, it'd be fun to taste it once, but I mean, twenty five hundred dollars. I mean, we can buy a lot of good whiskey, and not spend twenty five. I'm retired now, Jim. I can't
0: be spending. I don't bottle. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't think it's. I don't think you make too many mint juleps with that, do you? No, 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 no. You don't want to do too <laughs> many of those. <laughs> well, Chris, this has been a blast. But w- before we stop, what would you like to tell us about bourbon? Or whiskey, or anything. What you've learned, your big passion, anything you'd like to tell us? You know, I, I you know, Brown. They, you heard
1: me mention the Brown family. Brown Foreman, um, seventh generation family members that are uh, working in the company. Um, uh, chairman of the board is Brown family member. Um, there's, there's two family american family um whiskey companies um brown Foreman is that are the biggest that i mean i mean you've got diageo which is uk and they have all bourbon they got johnny walker and others but but brown forman and, and, and another one is Sazerac. Um, bill goldring his family they own um Sazerac. um but it what's, what's what's neat about it is it, 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 it it's it's almost like it's a big company but it's small too and and any company that's able to go to go do that, uh, um, you're, you're you're allowing the creativity, innovation um, um, to occur, and some of the stuff that's out there is just it's it's pretty amazing. You know, my all, my only ad, other ad is uh, drink responsibly. I mean, that's just be careful with that. I mean, you again, when you look at a proof, um, if it's if it's 120 proof, um, um, the alcohol volume is half that. And you just always got to be in. But what's 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 great about bourbon? In most cases, unless you're drinking it neat, you're mixing it with soda and you're cutting it. Yeah, soda water, or you could be making an old fashioned or or a Manhattan or whatnot. So you're mixing it. Uh, when you when you get a bottle of wine, you have got a bottle of wine that alcohol proof's you know twelve percent. You know you know it's twelve percent with with bourbon. It could get up there. Just just be responsible. And um, but uh, it's fun. I uh, I've I've been uh, blessed and lucky to be be a part of a great family that that makes some incredible whiskeys.
0: Well, we have been blessed and honored to have you as our bourbon consultant on the Who Gives a Shit Files. I love it. (laughs) And and I thank you. And um, Chris, have a good night, and I'll see you in a little while.
1: Yeah, for sure, Jim. I really enjoyed it. You're doing a good job and having a, a lot of fun listening to I, – I give a shit file. I, I give a shit <laughs> listening to your gives a shit file. I promise. But it's been great. You're doing a good job.
0: A lot of fun. <laughs> Thank you, Chris.
1: All right, Jim. Bye now. Bye-bye.